the future of photography. Everybody and welcome to the future of photography the show where we explore how new technology can help you make fantastic photos my name's aid and i'm chris hi there hey how you doing oh really good really good okay really i'm good. really good too and i'm actually quite excited today because i am recording this show for the first time wearing my future of photography t-shirt yay and i got one too and it's really nice did yours arrive, did it? Yes. I did wonder how long it would take to get to Germany. <laughs> it, it arrived. It, it took a bit longer because for some reason, the, the address had to be researched. The address was fine that, that you gave the, the company, but for some reason, the German postal system thought it was not in existence and put a sticker on top of it with the exact same address. And then oh, really? Arrived. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't get it. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> good, good old Deutsche Post. All right, okay. We're not Fair selling enough. these in a shop, by the way. These were for the special occasion, so don't write in for T-shirts. We'll, um, maybe in the future have some merch, but not at this point. Not at, not at this point. We did this. Actually, this this was just a treat for ourselves, wasn't it? Because we uh, we we had the competition, of course, uh, to, to name our robot. Uh, and uh, uh, Dave chose the winning name, uh, which is Evie. And uh, because I was ordering T-shirts for the winners of that competition, I thought I'd order ones for you and me as well, just for fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, so before we get into the topic of today, uh, we have uh, three little pieces of follow-up from previous episodes. The first one is an email that I received from Julian Porter. He wrote, I picked up on your podcast as I've enjoyed your section on the Tech Guy podcast. I've been listening to the first few shows of the future of photography and wanted to ask a couple of questions. And the first question is, do you have plans to do this as a video podcast or vlog? The second question is, will you invite guests at the leading edge of this technology? And then he continues, it's a difficult subject to tackle with Audio alone, it's, it's fascinating time. It's a fascinating time to think about bringing together smartphone image processing with decent optics and sensors. I'm not sure how economics will drive this technology. It will be a shame if the technology never makes it out of the phone and into the camera. Okay, so first the two questions. Do you have plans to do this as a video podcast? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not because we don't want to. I think this would be amazing as a video production it's just that we lead busy lives both of us and a video production will take easily easily 10 times the effort that that, a, that an audio production takes it is yeah i mean vi video i i've tried this i don't know maybe some of the listeners have as well trying to shoot videos just for myself as alongside my photography uh and uh currently i am in the last stages of editing the video i shot in may last year <laughs> so what's that it that's, is, about, it is. that's about seven months <laughs> it's 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 very um yeah it is just a whole lot of work it doesn't seem like it when you look at a video that is but in order to make a video i mean we could we could certainly put a camera here and a camera on your side and then just throw this out to people talking into microphones this would not be enticing content at all the the whole thing <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> i look great in my future of photography i have a face for radio come on no i am um, i uh yeah but no it, it it is not interesting if it doesn't have a lot of production value and we are we're, we're yeah uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do it. Never I say do never, agree. never say never, but it is something that we might uh, 
uh, well, we will, we won't do right now. Um, and then will you invite guests at the leading edge of this technology? Possibly. Again, never say never. Um, there are a few contacts we have at this point, but it's not going to turn into an interview show per se. So we're not trying to get guests just for the sake of having guests. Only if something really interesting comes up, then that is, that is definitely an option. But it also takes effort. It takes time. It takes, um, organizing, getting interviews. You, you probably know this for, the, the your other podcast the sunny 16 podcast because you have guests all the time and it really takes quite a chunk of time to do this <laughs> we do yes uh, our, our recording sessions are, are usually really quite long <laughs> so, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that, i mean that is actually typically a much longer show than this one anyway but it's uh yeah it, it's they're getting diary times uh the, the the most fun is when we try and link up guests across time zone so we did oh, that, one yeah. one at christmas where we had one person in from japan one from not far away from this on some sort of chinese time zone and one uh uh no i think that was probably it there was one the, the rest of us were in the uk but that that's always those far eastern time zones that are the most fun to organize from the uk and of course this all could change in the future especially if we manage some way of financing the show and getting some some input and getting getting someone on board to help us with the scheduling and with the setting up things because that is really time consuming but um at this point that's not uh in the plans I, I found one mention here very interesting um and julie writes it will be a shame if the technology never makes it out of the phone and into the camera and i, I thought about this sentence and He makes a clear distinction between phones and cameras there, which I think we won't have for much longer, to be honest. I think phones are the new cameras, which... It is it is tricky, isn't it? Actually, in, in researching for today's show, actually, I came across uh, a spec sheet for a fairly new camera, so that I think it's the Fuji XE3. So it is a it is a high quality camera. Um, it is uh, with a large sensor. Um, and uh, it, apparently that is the first of the fuji cameras at least that will maintain a continuous link to uh some sort of device a phone or a, mm. or a tablet or something like that i mean and, and, and will automatically push every single image onto that device and using the term phone in itself um most of these devices that we have in our pockets are not being used to make phone calls anymore they're used for everything but phone calls these days so the, the the distinction phone and camera i think will blur more and more at this point we're seeing some things where you just stick a camera and a phone together in one case and call it a camera phone um but <laughs> maybe we should think of it as as a remote camera back we've we've seen <laughs> that yeah and 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 uh, this keeps coming and going um but the way that the uh, Both, uh, both uh, the the Android side and the iOS side have melted that together and have relatively capable cameras. I'm not talking big sensors at this point. I'm not talking, I'm not talking um, super low uh, high ISO capabilities. But we are seeing them adding more smaller cameras and then using computation to get the portrait mode, for example, the depth effect um, that you could not get with smaller sensors so far so there is a lot going on and i think that's pretty much what this show is about how does this whole thing converge and how do these how do these new technologies kind of influence each other so i'm 
I'm less and less making that distinction between phone and camera. Um, second piece of follow-up is... Um, <laughs> the headline is, Nicolas Cage can now be put into any movie in history. <laughs> and this is just, He's in quite a lot of them already, isn't he? <laughs> it, is, it is, yeah, but uh, this, of course, goes back to our episode 11 here on the show, Image to Image Translation, where we saw some examples of translating summer images into winter images and translating um, German shepherds into Irish sheepdogs and things. Yeah, which, that was spooky, that was. Well, but those were those were kind of still early, 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 early versions of that. But now there is an app out there called Fake App. And uh, here's an article by IndieWire that, gives us a few examples it seems to be a bit of a meme now the, the that face swapping thing where you translate one person's face into another person's face are you trying to tell me that nick cage is is the new kevin bacon here exactly <laughs> that's exactly what's happening <laughs> well they they used like they they've replaced harrison ford in some movies with uh, with nicholas cage's face just a few segments of that but uh it is a very um it is relatively convincing. It looks quite convincing, and it's only getting better. It's this. This is an early version of that. This is only getting better in the future. So, we have we have a few interesting things to look forward to. And uh, I will link that in the show notes. And the last piece of follow up is uh, just uh, we received it a while ago. This is a few weeks ago. Um, email by Toby Van de Velde as um, as a follow up on our glitch art show which was oh my god glitch art show was episode eight so that goes quite a bit back um and he wrote your glitch art show made me remember a camera i got off my dad some time ago he was just about to throw it away because he had dropped it into a paddling pool the soaking had done something to the sensor that left the images with a heavy magenta cast and looking like the pixels were all getting sucked into a black hole. I used it for a while, then got it got tucked into storage. And he had he had back then sent us a couple of photos. Which were they were really amazing. interesting, actually. They, and they, and Toby, Toby, if you can put some of those photos online, so we would even be happy to link to them if they are somewhere available on any any online platform. Um, they looked really interesting. They looked uh, fairly similar to some of the artificial glitched photos that we saw from yeah some of well apps. So, yes it, it, but it was interesting seeing something done with hardware though because you know all the, pretty much all the stuff that i've done well i think all the stuff i've done and most of the stuff that we talked about was about glitching with software right um but to see something that's actually hardware glitching and still a, a viable thing yeah it, it was really interesting because you don't expect you know, a happy accident like that, do you? When when, when electric things die, they mostly proper die. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 rare that you can get an electronic device of uh, of some kind that it, that is actually just a bit broken, but still can generate some output. So I was really pleased to see that. Thanks, Toby, for sharing those. All right, I think that's it with the follow up. Let's get into the topic. What did you bring us? What did I bring us? Okay, well, today our show uh, is about mobility 
um well it's about being mobile with photography equipment um so this is a this is well we're not the first person to consider this there's a lot of marketing isn't there from from manufacturers about you know this will help you be more mobile and you've got action cams and and pocket cameras that you can take underwater and all all sorts of stuff at this point but i wanted to to put uh put our uh our spin on this uh, as a topic for this week um and uh, think about what it means uh, looking forward yeah where where is this sort of taking us because yeah we've got a whole subject here right yeah or a whole and we talked last week actually about uh, a lot about workflow but you know there is the thing about the camera and there's the thing about editing and there's the thing about publishing um and then there's all the accessories that go around it so what i wanted to just yeah to, to think about today uh, is what does a modern highly mobile photography maybe and video kit look like um and uh so you know look forward yeah what uh uh you, yeah uh, all, all sorts of things all sorts of things and uh and you know maybe even selfie sticks as well though i hope not <laughs> ah ooh, <laughs> hey, they, 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 they are well, a feature of the modern world they are being used a lot i know i know and and you know we, and we've just had the you know, we just had the the question haven't we about are we going to do a vlog well you know um a lot of time vlogs are shot in a uh, in a selfie stick style aren't they you know True. so anyway i don't want to get no that's that's a bit of a rabbit hole let's not spend a whole show talking about selfie sticks because everybody will just switch off but <laughs> and i don't have one actually do you have one i do not no but oh. i have a i have a couple of tripods that i can use as selfie sticks like a, i have a tripod that i can t- take one of the legs off and make it in a monopod and that is almost a selfie stick if you put the surely you'd have the right to take way. two of the legs off to make it a monopod <laughs> well one leg that i then use <laughs> <laughs> sorry i did uh, that's just the uh the pedant in me that made me make that joke i am sorry <laughs> Okay, so let's think about this. So, so let, let me let, let me um, paint you a picture. P- picture the scene here. So, yeah, maybe you want to uh, climb a mountain to take photos or videos, or uh, maybe you're a keen cyclist, or a scuba diver, or or, or an astronaut, or whatever it might be. In uh, and yeah, you know, what is it that you know, what is it that we can do with new technology? Because traditionally um you'd need uh, a bespoke kit of some sort and actually um that's a good astronaut is a good example because occasionally you come up see coming up for auction things like nikon cameras that were sold to nasa and modified for the apollo program and and stuff like that um and and i think you we still see actually from the international space station there's uh there are uh, a lot of uh, astronauts who are very keen photographers and and they have lots of cameras and i think quite a lot of nikon cameras actually nikon dslrs up on the international space station that's the ones i've seen yeah yeah and and you you still carry a dslr or two most places don't you i'm one of those dinosaurs yes i am (laughs) this isn't a dinosaur thing (laughs) it's 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 okay so so at this point i still see a lot of advantage in bigger sensors larger scale sensors and that has mainly to do with uh, control over depth of field and these kind of things um, but as we said in the past, the compute, computational aspects with smaller sensors are getting getting better and better. Yeah, absolutely. And so, 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 okay. So, part of this is about uh, a wish list for me. This this particular show. This is another one of my I want, I want, I want kind of shows. <laughs> it okay. is. 
so what do I want? Well, I want to I want to be able to capture those interesting things. I don't know whether interesting things are people or sunsets or or buildings, whatever it might be. I want to, I want the ability to capture those interesting things on my walk or my climb or my dive. But I want to do that automatically. I want to. You know, so you want you want a you want a GoPro on a harness that shoots a picture every five seconds. Maybe. That is maybe that exists. I don't. That exists. I don't want one of those. I want. I want a device that's going to take really high quality images automatically ah, okay. without me having to think about it. But so. But but that is one expression of it today, certainly. Mm -hmm. And so, what else do I want? I also want automatic editing, and uh, because uh, I don't care much about photo editing. I mean, I do it. We all do it, don't we? It, but most of most of what I do in post production is is a tweak here, a tweak there. You know, it's um, you know a, a little bit of a, a contrast boost or a curve or something like that. I don't fundamentally change my photographs around very often. Uh, you know, all all the talk about glitch art aside, that is a slightly different um, area. Um, and I also want my kit to be small. I want it to be lightweight. Uh, I want it to be good quality. Uh, I want it to be robust. You know, so so. So that's the holy grail, pretty much. You're looking at a kit that. Oh, and of course, you want it to cost as little as possible. Yes. Uh, uh, well, why not? Whilst, <laughs> that whilst is the, the holy while grail. The, while we have it, yes, I, I would like that. Preferably, somebody would buy me all this as a present. But there you go. <laughs> so good, good quality does everything for you and doesn't weigh anything. Yes. Okay. So where are we at today? I mean, you've already mentioned GoPros. GoPros right? or action cameras in general, yes. Action, action cameras in general, which is something that I've been doing a little bit of personal research into at the moment. There's also, uh, you know, a whole range now of very, very high quality uh, compact cameras that are great for travel, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, and then we get into things like drones again, you know, drones with a follow me mode, uh, where we talked about that a few shows ago, didn't we, on the personal drone show? I but just came across an, yet another Kickstarter for a personal selfie drone. They don't, they don't stop doing these. Maybe 2018 will be the year of the personal selfie drone. <laughs> Maybe. And we'll all have to like hide under tables or something like that. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, uh, well, let's let, let's talk about some of the kit that could get me some of the way to this, right? And think sure. about it. So, and, and uh, well, let, let's get the very obvious one out of the way first: the GoPro, right? Um, and I'm particularly mean GoPro and not an action cam because the current GoPro, as we record this, is the Hero Six, and that has some interesting new things in it that, at the time of recording, pretty much no other action cam has that I could find in my research and what i'm talking about here is the computational side that underpins that particular device so in a show that's about computational photography what does that do well it has some special tricks that it does first of all it has very sophisticated uh, digital stabilization so as far as i'm aware there's no optical stabilization in the gopro but it shoots 4k um, and it has a very nicely stable, stabilized 2.7K resolution mode. And it kind of um, needs this, especially given the, the kind of things these GoPros are used for these days. Uh, action and stuff that moves fast. Yeah, absolutely. So it does that. And it also does um, uh, automatic lens correction. 
So it, because it has it because it shoots more pixels than it eventually compiles into your image, it'll do a lot of the you know straightening of lines. So for everybody that's used to that you know that very action cam oriented view, you know um, of of almost a fisheye view, very very wide angle and with lots of straight lines being curved towards the edges. Um, actually, GoPro now they they kind of fix that. Yeah, not entirely, but they kind of fix that in in the device. So that's interesting, isn't it? Because you no longer necessarily have to have a big lens to get corrected images or even corrected video. So so they do this, yeah, and, and they do this in real time in the camera. So geometric correction is uh, definitely a thing. Wide angle, super wide angle, fisheye type lens on there. You can see this in a lot of the footage when when they switch it off, that they have these curvy angles where looks like you're looking at the curvature of the earth but that's not possible from down here (laughs) no absolutely but so so uh and again going back to something we talked about uh a little while ago which was the uh the the digital correction of uh perspective uh i forget which show it was i could probably look it up as we're talking here but it was the show where we talked about software now that will take images and it'll make things in the background that look very small actually look a lot bigger Episode three, uh, computational zoom. Yes. Wow, was that episode? Th- wow, that's a long while. That seems like a long while ago. Okay, episode so computational zoom. So, how long before you get computational zoom in something the size of a GoPro? Well, question. I, I would, uh, I would think it takes a while because we came to the conclusion back there that in, do, in order to do this, you need a multi- multitude of pictures to combine. You can't do this from one spot, but that doesn't mean that it won't be possible in the future. Okay, so I have two GoPros wirelessly talking to each other, like when you buy a Sonos speaker system for your house or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, moving that's on. That's just hypothetical. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think they sell that today. <laughs> Maybe that's in the GoPro six and a half. But the so, – so moving on, different type of, different type of uh, device here. So consider, uh, you know, the, the very compact cameras that, that are now very capable and um, – an obvious example here is is from Sony, which is the range of RX100 cameras. They are about the size, I believe, of a pack of cards or a, a packet of cigarettes. So they can fit in your shirt pocket or your jeans pocket very nicely. Um, and they don't have the longest range in terms of zoom, but they do have a zoom lens. They have a one-inch sensor and they have uh, you know, uh, good quality output. Um, now, uh, typically these are, are not necessarily weather resistant at the moment, so you can't take them underwater or even it might be risky to take them out in heavy rain. Um, and they, uh, But yeah, the current RX100, as we talk, uh, as we record this show, is the RX100 Mark V, which will shoot raw at 24 frames per second. And they do an enormous amount of computation under the hood. So geometrical corrections of the lens. One of the reasons they can be so small is that they put lenses in there that don't uh, that aren't very well corrected for a few things, including geometry, and then they correct it in software. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, we're sort of part way there, aren't we? Um, I've already mentioned actually the uh, the Fuji XE3, uh, which maintains a live link to your phone. So, and I, I, you know, I guess it's it's something I just thought about as we were talking about it a couple of minutes ago. But you know. It, 
you could think of a phone or an iPad as a as a as a digital back for your camera in in the medium format format camera sense, but one that just works wirelessly. You get the screen preview. You get the ability to control the device at a distance. Um, I think the Fuji one, one of the benefits would be that if it's it, it fires every single photo back down to your device, so they're all there when you need them. Um, so anyway, so, that, so there's another thing. Um, and then the last thing I was just just, just sort of bring into uh, the conversation, just as a, a, as a worthy of a mention, uh, is the current generation of 360 cameras, which I think are, are somewhat poorly named because they're not just 360 degrees. Many of them are, uh, are spherical or, or, or almost spherical. So you are you are essentially um, shooting something that re- that is uh, that covers 360 degrees in all directions. Um and uh, those are interesting. So there are. We'll do a uh, sep- completely separate episode on 360 cameras for sure. Well, yes, uh, I, I think you they would to. be very worthy of it. And in researching this show, actually, uh, and looking at what the current crop are capable of, there are some quite uh, some some quite awesome looking uh, cameras. Yeah. Whereas when I first started playing with these a couple of years ago, you were lucky to get a 1080p 360 view. Um, so by the time you've actually spread it out around a sphere, um, you know, then actually there's not very high resolution. Now they're almost all shooting 4K video. 4K, um, 5.7K I see on one of them. Yeah, exactly. Amazing, yeah. Um, and so so these things are really coming on in leaps and bounds. Um, and if if they give you uh, if you they give you that level of resolution or more, it, how long is it going to be before you can get? Um, uh, sufficient resolution and we don't need to talk about numbers that actually all you've got to do is hold up the stick press the button and when you get home you can decide what angle you want to view it from you can do all the optical corrections you can do your computational zoom uh, and actually you don't even need to point and shoot anymore you just need to shoot <laughs> i think we're not too far from that especially given the thing we talked about in uh the last episode light field photography that uh, lets you choose at least partially choose perspective yes yeah so so the uh, and i've managed to go through all of my list of kit without talking about selfie sticks <laughs> well but, the, the the new the new selfie stick is the selfie drone when we look at uh, just the just a, the drone that was released a few weeks ago the mavic air that has all these modes built in pretty much and the problem is that a lot of the Kickstarter, that's why I mentioned the Kickstarter things with, with selfie drones. The thing that they promise is if they follow you around. And of course, they're all very limited and hardly any of them has, has become a success so far. So, but, but, but that's the promise is the, the thing that flies around you and takes photos or video of you when you do cool stuff. And that is pretty much a form of a selfie stick without the stick. <laughs> it is isn't it and the other one of course is that actually um uh camera gimbals motorized uh gimbals are uh there are many more manufacturers now than there were a couple of years ago and some of them are uh getting more sophisticated and certainly they're becoming uh, more affordable as time goes by so maybe you actually have uh a a selfie gimbal as opposed to a selfie stick <laughs> which i think is already there i mean there there's still some manufacturers who who create those for vlogging for example so you'd have this little camera ball-shaped camera on a on a gimbal arm that is electronic and just keeps all the vibration out and keeps the keeps the picture nice and steady mm-hmm. 
So it's a funny old world, isn't it? <laughs> the shape of cameras is is changing radically. Uh, so some of them don't even look like cameras anymore. The 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 new Ricoh Theta V, for example, which is a three hundred and sixty degree four K video, fifteen megapixel stills camera, um, really just looks like an old candy bar phone, actually, except I, without a screen, just a lens instead. I own its predecessor, the the, the, the Theta S, which yeah is it's the same form factor but lower resolution and the shapes interestingly enough the shapes change and are now accepted to change we used to have when when digital was new do you remember some weirdly shaped cameras coming out that did away with the traditional camera shape and i do i had one actually my very first digital camera uh which i believe was a fuji um and uh it, it, that that was yes it was an unusual shape it but was taller than it was wide for example didn't accept them in the in the beginning um and then the whole thing swung back and the cameras became more camera shaped again they looked more like traditional cameras even though with digital they didn't have to but it just turned out that that was what people liked and only now many many years after the introduction of digital photography are they changing because now there are actual reasons to change? There are reasons um, with these little action cameras that, that that need to fit in smaller spaces and can't weigh as much and don't need handles, for example, because they will be attached to things. Or there will be, or there are these three three hundred sixty cameras that look like yeah candy bar phones, but um, that's because that's how they kind of have to look like in order to be able to shoot three hundred sixty degrees. So I think. We are now really going to see a lot more change in the shape of cameras. Yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So, all of this, uh, lots of things happening, lots of things moving and moving very quickly. But what does it mean for the future of photography? We need a jingle at this point. The, the <laughs> question. The question. We should have a jingle. That's a that's a nice idea, actually. A nice little jingle. Uh, so, what does it mean? Well, what does that I just, mean? So I, I, you know, it's it's almost you know uh, the sky's the limit in some ways, isn't it? Because I've been I've been thinking about well, what shots would I be able to take? Um, how will I light them? Because um, lighting a photograph is is a, a very important aspect of photography for me. Um, how do you publish them? Um, can you protect them on a blockchain, as we've discussed recently? Um, you know, with all of these new devices, how many people's eyes will I take out? <laughs> um, <laughs> You mean or, with, the, with the selfie sticks? With the selfie sticks or the drones or yeah, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, uh, or when my uh, when my precious new camera that is, has lenses on all sides suddenly topples over <laughs> and risks being ruined, how many people am I going to have to barge out of the way to make sure that I don't let it uh, ruin my camera? Because <laughs> some of these things, uh, the lenses are very, very exposed. Uh, the way they're built at the moment and then of course there's the societal aspect of it you know which interests me which is you know what 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 is going to be the new norm what are going to be the new taboos that you can or can't break um so so it's interesting i mean just to start off with a couple of examples so um i mean am i going to be the best street photographer ever um uh because i'll be able to have a camera that can shoot 
the whole street at once <laughs> even stuff behind me um and then i can uh, then i will have an algorithm that will identify something interesting mm. and then some computational capability that allows me to straighten the lines and focus and zoom and things like that maybe that all, you know, am i going to be the best are we all going to be the best street photographers ever well that's the thing if that technology is in the market you're not the only one who has access to it so other people will have the the same um technical abilities but the question is of course does that only shift your um the, the places where you need to do work and where you need to become better for example in selecting what's the right angle selecting what's the right um the right shot in that massive shot that's so maybe 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 we will turn into photo photography archaeologists like we dig out photos from uh from from bigger captures in the future yeah okay yeah i can see that i, I see it certainly um it, it certainly doesn't uh it, it might it, it won't take away the need to craft an image will it but it might mean that you have more opportunity to craft the right image if you have managed to capture more raw information oh yeah and I, i'm I'm pretty sure we've only seen we're only seeing the beginning of what photography can be the yeah. the past is there and it yielded a lot of amazing art and stuff but never ever have people have so many people done photography as today i mean everyone has a camera at least one ah, absolutely and and so um um but where, where do you sit on this uh on this um line of of craft and creativity because i know that i i have less patience for sitting in front of a computer and sorting through images than i do for experiencing the world and uh, and capturing images um, so I'm thinking to myself, well, actually, is this going to be useful to me? Because am I am I the person that's going to sit in front of my co computer for many hours, diligently seeking out the interesting bit of the spherical photo, photo that I've taken? Because I know myself, well, I probably don't know myself as well as others do, especially as well as well my wife does. But it's, um, do I, am I going to be that person? Because I don't think I am. I think I'm well, going to want to be up and about again. Of course, with with the with the with the ever growing amount of photos that we have these days and, and videos, there will have to be things that help you. And I think Google is going that way, and others are too. Um, if you if you look inside your iPhone, you will get this moments feature. We talked about this in the past. The moments that that bubbles up things, and it has algorithms to kind of try to detect which which ones are the interesting photos and the interesting video bits and then puts this together in a little virtual album to remind you of something that you've done a few weeks ago maybe vacation or something uh, Google does the same thing, Google Photos you upload something and they will uh, employ a lot of artificial intelligence uh, type stuff to bubble up the good photos and maybe even uh, in animate a few of them if they are in a sequence so a lot of that stuff for most people, a lot of that will be taken care of. You won't have to slave over five thousand pictures from from a vacation, for example. Five thousand? Wow! Well, <laughs> I wasn't okay, going to take that okay. ready. But you, a lot of people do, though. A lot of well, people. It, yeah. it, I mean, now now these amounts, these numbers of photos are mostly from pros, from people with big cameras that shoot 
I don't know, wildlife and they shoot bursts of 10. But um, the more you look at cameras, for example, um, again, example iPhone live photos, uh, it, it doesn't only take a photo when you press the shutter button. It takes, it continuously takes photos. And when you press the shutter button, you get some time before and after the press uh, as a little video snippet called a live photo. So they, the devices will be constantly acquiring images in the future. So coming home with 5,000 photos isn't that futuristic to me anymore. Okay, that's a scary thought because I'm a fairly light shooter. But let's move on. So, so okay. So here's my second question, right? So, how um, can we talk about crafting a photo in in the real world, right? So, yeah, as part of capture. So, because uh, and I mentioned that lighting is an important part of the process for me. Um, I have a, a drawer full of speed lights uh, that I like to use to, yeah, not just yeah, for for portraits, for group shots, whatever it might be. Um, uh, and that is uh, the part of the fun of photography for me. So, yeah, if I had a if I had a drone, I might be more inclined to put a light on it <laughs> than a camera. <laughs> And, and which, which some others have already done it, well yeah so led lights are light lightweight and they are quite powerful so you can do this now yeah yeah and i you know i have a couple of those myself i uh, uh the uh, i have a couple of loom cubes um uh which are uh, similar in size to uh a gopro but are uh, and for their size are considerably powerful led lights um and uh they can be bluetooth controlled and stuff like that so yeah yeah i mean you could put i could imagine putting that and you know saying okay well i'm not going to take a light stand because i'm going to be i know in a very windy plate now that's a bad example but uh you know uh, at the edge of a cliff or something or, or or on top of a building or somewhere where i wouldn't be able to carry that but my little drone i can attach a light to and i can light my photograph is that a, is that going to become a consumer thing do you think that we all be able to uh to, to, to do really creative lighting for our photographs? Yes and no. I think for for the, the photo enthusiasts um, like like we are and like, like me. I know <laughs> a lot of, like I know a lot of people, um, crafting an image is still going to be an art and you will take some time getting the lighting right. But for the majority of people, uh, similar to the portrait mode and now the studio mode, um, there will be a lot of computation that will also allow you to change the lighting in photos. So I don't think you will have to do that much more lighting in the midterm future because you will have algorithms to say, okay, I want, I want this to look as if the light came from, I don't know, 45 degrees from the left. And the cameras will know depth information, so they will know how to shape that light, for example, on a face. So I, I think we are looking at quite some interesting changes in that respect mm, that is, yeah that's i remember years and years ago i was doing a project and i was working with a graphic designer uh and he had what i thought was a, an amazingly powerful capability at the time i think it was called something like cinema 4d mm-hmm. and it was it was essentially a a 3d uh, sorry yes a three-dimensional actually no you could do four dimensions because you could you could change things through time as well but it was a, a three-dimensional modeling space you know computerized modeling space where you could create objects and 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 you could position lighting and and reflectors and stuff like that um you know uh, if that you know that's the sort of thing now that as you know th- at the time you needed you know the best multi-core com- multi-processor computers and stuff like that and now of course you can get it on your phone but there you go 
um it's interesting yeah so yeah okay all right so yeah i i think i've observed over the years that that precious few people take a very active interest in the in artificial lighting of their faces or crafting the lighting of their photos that's that's in in the you know the enthusiast space i think uh, clearly in the pro space it's you know whatever the job needs um but uh i I think it'd be nice to be able to do some more about stuff like that and uh okay so so let's start uh let's think about behavior then because at the moment and this goes maybe back to the street photography bit because at the moment um people do some people do shy away from cameras um and that and people have different reactions to different types of cameras so um you know uh, a while back when i was uh commuting every day i used to work i used to walk across london bridge every day oh and uh london bridge is uh, not tower bridge for those who are not uh, who, who are picturing tower bridge london bridge is is a normal road bridge across the river thames in london uh, and it is uh it's often used on television it's the one where where you've seen whether it's it's film from the 1960s where all the men are in dark suits and wearing bowler hats or whether it's a more modern commute it's a bridge that lots and lots of people walk across every day and you find quite often there um, film crews or video crews of one sort or another, and they might have a big, a big uh, broadcast standard video camera on a on a heavyweight tripod, and you wouldn't pay them any attention at all. <laughs> and yet, if somebody points a a small camera at you or a DSLR or something like that, you, you know, pointing it at you, you'd be quite miffed perhaps and perhaps that's because you feel that you're being targeted rather than just simply the background of somebody's b-roll i don't know <laughs> but uh what what do you think these these new kind of cameras i mean you've you've got the theta s i've played with one what was that yeah was there any reaction did people recognize it did people react in a different way because of the type of camera it was oh maybe mostly out of surprise and when i use these cameras it's usually on photo tours and on workshops so it's where I'm surrounded by enthusiasts most of the time. So they, they kind of go, oh, look, it's a 360 camera. And they, they're not very surprised. And most of those people are also kind of in the expectation of their photo probably ending up somewhere because there are so many other photographers around. Um, so that, that that's pretty much my exposure to these kind of things. Um, I might use something like that around my family, but then they are also used <laughs> to me kind of coming up with interesting new stuff so they're not too surprised either i think the entire the entire attitude towards photography will change especially in a time where people will at least some people will happily put uh cameras into their into their house that film them all the time because they are for security purposes or to watch the pets or to give them advice for clothing choices amazon has something like that um so i think the entire attitude everyone's attitude or most people's attitude towards photography will change and will loosen up for sure hmm interesting so it's not going to be like google glass all over again then well does the social acceptability of these things always depends on if they are useful to people and if people know what's going on with Google Glass, the problem was that you didn't really know what was going on there because you couldn't see what that other person was seeing and you didn't really know if the camera was filming or not. Um, and I, I only got a better idea about Google Glass when I got to try it once. And then I, then I understood that, oh, 
it's just a mobile phone on your face. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> and and then at this point, I was like, okay, sure, fine. It makes you look like a cyborg. Um, but we, we had these social acceptance uh, transitions for a lot of things. Today, it's f totally normal to see someone talking to themselves. And then you realize they have a an AirPod in the ear or some other Bluetooth headset and they're on the phone with someone. Not too long ago when smartphones were new, well, they weren't called smartphones, they were called mobile phones. Um, when they were new, it was a very, yeah, it was, it was, you were always kind of the weird one when you had a thing <laughs> you talked into while walking down the street, um, which is now pretty much commonplace and no one cares about it anymore. So I think, uh. I think the, It takes a. It might take a few years, but it will sooner or later be totally normal for us to have something, uh, maybe some kind of glasses on our face, and everyone knows these glasses are doing something. Mm. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. And of course, that would be very mobile, which is the theme of, yes. of this particular show. So I think probably time to wrap up, uh, I think. Um, but to bring it back to, to mobility, uh, what I'm saying, yeah, the, these... These new things that, uh, uh, that that don't often look like cameras, but are um, that are very small and therefore can be, you know, attached to the top of your hat, uh, especially or, or or a crash helmet if you're a cyclist or a motorcyclist uh, or or a skier or whatever. And there, there's definitely opportunity to take far more interesting images um, when you combine that with uh, the ability to automatically identify the interesting parts of an image uh, and and to correct those. I think there's some some really interesting times coming. I mean, if I was a camera bag manufacturer right now, <laughs> I possibly might be investing in the smaller end of uh, <laughs> of my product line. <laughs> camera baglets. <laughs> baglets, yes. <laughs> okay, I can't do any better than that. I think we better finish the show there. Um, okay, let's remind everyone, don't forget to let us know if you are interested in our 2018 TFOP meeting. We're still looking for your input on that. Uh, link is in the show notes. And just one last reminder, you can make a difference and support us. And we have a little donation page set up that will help us. Maybe in future, even get someone on board to help scheduling guests. You never know. And uh, all those links are in the show notes. And we're highly grateful for your support. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, it has been a pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Mm -hmm.